Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. I truly believe this, that as we've gotten ready for this 918, I've shared this with all the leaders here in our team here. I said, this is not just about 918. Listen, everyone, this is about going forward for the rest of our days, getting better, aiming greater, and man, asking God for more of his glory here. <laughs> like, like, this is what's crazy about this, ready? Maybe, maybe we won't have confetti here next Sunday, but I promise you there will be praise and there will be celebration and there's going to be a message that is going to be preached here. There is presence in here. I'm telling you that this is not going to end. This is going to be amazing going forward. This is truly what God is doing in our midst, in the leaders, in the team here. And, and I wrote this down because I truly believe this. Here it is. Ready? I truly believe that there is an internal revival that is taking place here at New Life. If you're from this home, how many of you could say that there is a revival that is happening here at this house? There's a revival. There's, there's something that's happening in the inside of us. Things that were weakened have become strengthened. Things that were dormant man, have been awakened. Things that have been of no use are in use again. And I don't believe that, that we're at a place where we need to pray for revival. My, my, my encouragement to everyone that's here is this, ready? We don't really need to pray for revival. Here it is, ready? I truly believe this. And the Lord spoke this to my heart. We are revival. We are revival. This is revival. Like, what are you doing here? Do you know where you're at? <clears throat> Seriously, do you know where you're at? You're in Hialeah Gardens, for goodness sakes. Praise God for Hialeah Gardens. Yeah, that's right, home. You're in Hialeah Gardens. Then you, some of, how many of you are here guests? Your first time here, you're a guest, you're a guest, you're a guest. Look at all those hands. Amen, guest, 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 guest. Awesome. <laughs> then you drove up and you said, oh my goodness, where's the steeple? There, this is a, it looks like a warehouse storefront. Number two, we're in a warehouse storefront. Do you know where you're at? Hallelujah. Welcome. Come back next Sunday. And, and things don't make sense. You're here early. People got here at 7, 6.30. Someone told me that they were here for 13 hours yesterday. I mean, that stuff is not normal. If you're here for 13 hours yesterday, mopping this ground and fixing chairs and cleaning, if that's not revival, then you tell me what it is that makes someone come over here and begin to get this place ready for 13 hours. It's revival. We are revival. And I truly believe this. And revival is loosely spoken about these days. It's become a catchy phrase more than an evident truth. And we know that. But we keep saying this. Welcome here to, to New Life. You're going to hear this a lot. Here we've learned to call our, our home here a nest. And this is our nest here, New Life. And right here at this place, our home here, we believe that God's doing something special here. We're not waiting for a move of God but we truly feel that, man, we are the move of God. God is doing something in us, and we want to welcome you here. The Lord is moving. His presence is here. And, and I just encourage you to be part of the revival of what God is doing in our midst. How many of you could say amen? amen. I want to share something with you real quick. It's in the word of God. It's in the book of Ezra. And in the book of Ezra, it's a very, very important passage. And let me give you a little summary of what's happening here. I mean, confetti is still falling. That stuff is good. <laughs> Where is it coming from? Because those poppers ain't going off anymore. But... 
In Ezra's time, he discovers that the Jewish community was mixed. They were mixed with, filled with idolatry. And, and he leads them. He leads them to live out a life of repentance. And he, he begins to cry out to the people, of the Jewish people. And, and, and man, your life has gone wrong. You've, you've turned from the Lord. Um, you want to see God move again. Then, then you've got to separate yourself from those things. You've got to separate yourselves from other gods. You've got to separate yourselves from those pagan people. You've got to separate yourself from idolatry, right? And it was a very crucial time for the Jewish people. And Ezra kind of stands in the middle there and, and gives the, as the voice of the Lord, gives the word of the Lord. And I want to read a verse in the ninth chapter of the book of Ezra. And I'm going to read verse 9 to you. If you have your Bibles, open up to Ezra 9.9. It will be on the screen if you forgot your Bible today. But listen to these words. Let's read them. It says, for we were slaves. But in his unfailing love, our God, he did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, he, he caused the kings, and during this time, the kings of Persia, to treat us favorably. I, I love that. I love that when, when things are out to harm us and to destroy us, God steps in the middle and says, yeah, yeah, but, but watch my plans. They're different. I'm going to show you favor. I'm going to show you favor when you should have been defeated. I'm going to show you favor when you should have been walked all over. Some of you, we've declared we've had a past, we have a present but today I tell you, but you also have, if you're in Christ, a favor. You also have a grace. And it says here, he revived us. Everyone say revived. revived. I believe this. He revived us. But look what he says next. So that we could rebuild the temple of our God. Man. That we could build the house of God. Repair its ruins. And he has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem, he says. I, I read this passage and I'm like, man, God is stirring this in our church here. In the times that we live in, that we serve a God that, that just like in Ezra's day has not abandoned us. You know why I know God has not abandoned you? If you feel like you've been abandoned, you want to know why I know God has not abandoned you? Here's one amazing um, truth and example. Ready? You're here today. God has not left you and God has not abandoned you. How many of you could praise the Lord for that? Man, he should have, but he hasn't. Should have maybe, but he hasn't. And he has an unfading love for us. He has graced us. And I love what Ezra 9.9 says. Listen to this because I bolded this in my notes. Ready? He has given us the heart to build the house of God. Could have asked me what this was a year ago, and I don't know if I would have been able to define that. But God has, has made something alive again in our midst. And God has done something special in us. And he's graced us in a special way here at this church. And I believe this, that he's given us a heart to build the house of God. And listen to this, to restore its ruins and to revive some broken pieces. Man. And maybe you're here and you're a guest. And you came. You're here because someone invited you. Someone invited you and it meant a lot and you came over here and we thank you for that. But, but little did that person know when they invited you that deep down inside of you, there are pieces in you that are broken, that are hurting. Some of you that, that feel abandoned. Some of you, you feel, listen to this, you feel like what Ezra 9.9 says. I'm going to ask them just to leave it up for a second and put it up there one more time. But just like Ezra 9.9 says, where you don't have the heart to rebuild you don't have the heart to build anything. Nothing. And you're here today and you got invited. Or maybe you're from this house. 
and you're hearing vision for the first time and you're going to see what all this stuff looks like, especially in the next seven weeks as we get into all of this. But you're here today and you're hearing all of this and you're from the house or you're from outside the house or you're thinking about whether you should make this your house and there's something in you that maybe says, I don't even find strength in me to build up again. I don't have the heart to build. You don't understand where I am, where I'm at, where I've gone, where I'm going. I can't build my marriage anymore. I can't build my joy anymore. I can't build love anymore. I can't build hope anymore. There are too many things that are broken. I can't talk about building today. Impossible. Well, everyone say well. Well, well, how about this? Ready? Too many things that are broken you can't build. How about if God's presence whispered and he's whispering today deep in your heart those two words which I shared earlier. Welcome home. You... You came to celebrate, you came to be a part of, and you came just to see what all this hype was about. And little did you know that in the midst of you coming just to be a guest here, the Lord whispered to your heart today, welcome home. While I was just going to come to see confetti and I was just going to come to see videos and I was just going to come to support my friend. But now God interrupted your journey and he whispered. Maybe for you it wasn't a whisper. It was a shout deep in your belly, deep in your spirit. And he says, welcome home. Welcome to where my presence. Welcome to a community. Welcome to a people that will do life, pray, believe with you and that will love you. Welcome to a place where God is at. A place where, where people seek God. And today he says to you, if he's spoken that in your depth of your being today, he says, I have not abandoned you. My love has not failed you. I will give you the grace, listen, to build again. I will give you the grace to build again. And then, and then I wrote this, ready? I will revive the broken pieces. Do not raise your hand. Do not say, it's me, unless the Holy Spirit tells you to do it. And that's fine, do it. But as we're saying this today, there's broken pieces. And right now, you just heard God say, come. Come home. Because I'm going to revive shattered pieces that no man, that no pill, that no counselor, that nothing that you could invest your money on, that no one can heal I'm going to restore broken pieces supernaturally deep down inside of you. Just come into my presence. Welcome home. You are revival because of the Lord's presence that dwells in you. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Man. Man. So you can't find the strength to pray for revival, but it's okay today because the Lord is going to show you, well, guess what? You are revival, and he can do it in you. And today you can look at someone maybe with a smile in your eyes and believe. And you can tell them, I believe the Lord in you. You are revival. Look at that person. Tell them, you're revival. You are revival. We are revival. Hey, I'm almost done before we have some things that we want to announce to you. But Isaiah 57, as, as we get going, it says this. Ready? Look what Isaiah says. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repented hearts. Man, revival's here. 
We are revival. So before I, I end with this segment of the word today, but listen to this. We're doing a fast, the church today, a bunch of leaders and stuff. We're all going to get together, and we're going to just celebrate, and we're going to break our fast together. They, you know what's crazy about this stuff? They, there's people that fasted for you today. Forget that. They fasted the last seven days for you. So they're, like, really hungry. Yeah. And yet, and they're outside. <laughs> they are. They're hungry. Like, you put your face, like, some of them, I was watching people worship, and they were, like, they just, you know, some of them are right here. They're crazy. And the, and the truth is, like, they fasted for you. They, what does that mean? Like, they didn't eat and drink certain things for seven days because, because they were believing not just for, like, oh, God, please let the speakers work okay. Like, we're not about that here. Oh, God, please, like, when it pops, let the confetti come out the way we want it to come out. You think that's what we're fasting for? Oh, God, please, when we show the video, let it not, like, get distorted. Are you kidding me? People in here fasted because if your soul does not belong to God yet, they've been fasting so that you can know Jesus today. <laughs> That's why we're doing what we're doing here. We've made war. We're, we're making war. And we've made war for you without you even knowing. We, have, we, have, we literally have shields and swords and we went to war and we fought and we've been praying and we've been meeting here at this church. Weird things, ready? At 5 o'clock in the morning, praying for you when there's no traffic, when there's no streetlights even out. I mean, it's crazy. 5 in the morning. And the reason why we're doing it is we're grabbing shields, we're grabbing swords, we're tired of making like Gideon um, wheat, threshing wheat, hiding from enemies. We're saying what? The presence is with you, mighty warrior. Take your shield. Take your sword and fight the battle that I've given you. You have people here that have fought for your behalf. Come on, give God some praise. Wow, that excites me. That amps me up. And you know why this amps me up? I know they're praying for you. I know God's doing something in our midst. I know that we are revival. Watch this text message and then I'm done here. I got a text message from a brother in our church this week. He's fasting. I, don't, I think he told me this is the first time he's fasted. He's fasted for hours. I said, no, man, that's, you just didn't have food. <laughs> fast, no, fast for hours. Like, you wake up in the morning, I fasted all night. You just slept. <laughs> just slept. It's not, it's not fast. So he's done this seven week with us. And look at this text he sent me. The devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. But today... I whispered in the devil's ear, and I said, I am the storm. Come on. Come on. Are you kidding me? That's not revival. That's not revival. That's not revival. Oh, there's a storm coming. Oh, there's some attacks coming. Oh, bring it. Because what that storm doesn't know is that I am the storm, that I am revival, that God is alive in me, and we're ready with our shields to take over. Come on, man. Praise the Lord. He is real. He is good. He is faithful. Man. Well, enough of all this craziness, but, but we got so much to tell you, so much that's going on here. I could continue. I feel like preaching. I got that preacher thing going on today, and I want to do it, but I'm going to control myself, and I'm going to stop for a moment. If you want to hear more teaching and more preaching, we're going to start this stuff next week, our colds, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But right now, we're going to have certain people come up here in a minute. We're going to have a video playing, and we want you to see some of the things that are different now and that are happening here at New Life. So just enjoy, and we'll continue in a second. Phones have always been uniquely immersive. To amplify this, to put it on a much larger scale, we designed the New Life app. 
we took the creation of our church's mobile experience very seriously. We didn't just want to make a new life app. We wanted to revolutionize the way we do life together. For the first time ever, we're introducing an entirely new interaction and a whole new dimension of our fellowship. Packed with a sleek design and remarkable engineering, we've created an achievement that is unparalleled. We're giving you access to our church's code, podcast, calendar and social media, while also enabling you to get involved and submit prayer requests. Giving has also been revolutionized and enhanced for simplicity and convenience. This is the next generation of New Life Church. So simple, so clear, yet truly extraordinary. Perhaps more than any other app, the New Life app is a clear example of how heart and software can work together to create a singular experience. And the best part about it? It's available today in the App Store. For free. Lou didn't know was he's actually gonna sing us a song. Yeah, right, yeah, right. How many want to hear Lou sing a song? <laughs> Danny, we'll call you up here, Danny. You're gonna serenade us. All right, so I, I, I sort of feel like this is a Steve Jobs kind of moment. Um, hopefully, this announcement is better than the iPhone 7, but uh, I don't think Steve Jobs would have had this happen to him though with the whole mic situation, but it's all right, things happen. All right, so I think the video said it better than I could. Um, it pretty much covered everything. Basically, the app's going to be the go-to resource for all things New Life. Uh, you got the podcast on there. If you missed the preaching, you could always just go back and listen to it. You got um, the hype card, so if you want to get connected to our church, get plugged in, serve, you could always uh, fill out a card on there and you could get involved. You got prayer. Um, you could submit a prayer request on there. You could basically uh, submit your need and we'll pray for it. Trust me, whatever you submit is going to be prayed for in this church. Also, we got social media. You could get connected to our social media on there. You could share flyers. Um, you could really spread the word and invite people. And also, uh, you could get uh, up updates on our events and everything going on at our church. And uh, push notifications, so it'll come right to your phone. It'll give you updates on what's going on and how to get involved. And uh, one last thing, last but not least, is online giving, which Maori will talk about in a bit. Thank you, Lou. Smooth, huh? Well, we here at New Life Church made giving better. We put it as easy as your fingertips, as you saw. You can log into the app, sign up. It's going to send you, set you up real easy. You can pay either by your bank, direct, or with a credit card or debit card. Simplicity on the app. We also relaunched and redid everything on the newlifemiami.com website. You can give us there as well, Okay. Also, when you walked in, maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't, we have a kiosk set up that you can also just give directly with the kiosk. And last but not least, 
the envelopes that we talked about today, that we get to give envelopes, which is what you can, might consider your old school, traditional, hey, I, I'm old school. I like to write checks. Go ahead, write checks. That's cool. Or I want to give cash. Go ahead and give cash. But in all logistics of it is that we made the giving experience unto God better. Good job. I just wanted to say that um, I'm truly rocked by today because we all served, we all planned, we all prepared. And you know, most of the time, the, the people that are serving are more blessed than the people that are being served. So with that, we have many opportunities to get involved now here at New Life. Um, we would love for you guys to please stop by the Hype Tent on the way out. And you know, we can explain to you guys a couple of more opportunities to do it. But thank you guys for being here. And definitely, you guys are loved. Appreciate it. Oh, man, praise God. So that's just a little bit of stuff. I wanted to make sure that they told you some things that are going on because um, it's just we're making it so much easier, better, and um, we just want really everyone here just to get involved. This is what's going to be happening here just so you can know what's going on. We're going to be, for the next seven weeks, we're going to be going ahead and, and, and launching vision and sharing what that looks like. It's going to be hard to do it all in one day. So we're going to break it down. And... Um, you're going to see it outside. You're going to hear it in a lot of our conversations. You're going to hear it in our preachings. And we're also going to go through what we are calling our code now. And we're going to teach on these things each week. And we're going, to we're going to get it to a point where everyone here understands it and sees where we're at and who we are. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the days of Habakkuk. And I want to share something with you. During the time of this prophet, Judah was, had radically turned away from God. And they turned away from God because there were specifically two wicked kings that began to reign in this area. And they caused all of Judah to turn away. And, and listen to this for a moment. <clears throat> they began to worship other gods like Baal. They offered children to these false gods. Like, that's sickening. And they began to dedicate horses. My, my wife would just be like, over what, like, proud by like, what do you mean horses? Her and her fanatics with horses. They were offering up to their gods, to a sun god. And they began to be spiritually and morally just deteriorating. And the first two chapters, I'm going to read this to you for a moment, a couple verses, are dramatic chapters. Almost, it's almost a format of dialogue between the prophet and God, a question and answer kind of thing. And the Lord gives this prophet a vision to record. Listen to this now. He gives him a vision to record. And he says this in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Follow along with me. He says, and the Lord answered me. And he says, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that... He may run who reads it. Verse 3 says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. It seems slow, but wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. I, I started to look at it, and I love how Eugene Peterson says it. He says, he, he paraphrased it this way. He says, write what you see. And write it out in, I love this, in big block letters. So that it can be read on the run. And this vision message is a witness. And it's pointing to what's coming. Someone say, it's coming. But, but reality, we're believing here, it's what? Oh, it's here. It's been coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. It seems slow and it has felt that way. But it's on its way. And it comes right on time. I, I love what he how he uses the wordage here and he says, you know, you write this down, write what you see, and then big block letters. Well, what is he really saying there? He's saying this, ready? In big, obvious letters. 
I want it to be obvious. I want it to be obvious. So that people can see it, run with it elsewhere, so that people can see it and declare it to the spaces that they occupy. I, I want you to write it big in, in block letters. It's pointing to something. Someone say it's pointing to something. Yeah, yeah. Everything that we're envisioning, everything that we're planning, everything that we're writing out, say it. It's pointing to something. It's pointing to something. It aches for the, revi- for the arrival. And yes, it may seem slow. It doesn't lie. It's on its way. It will come on time. And I get what's happening in this passage. I get it. That the sinful, that the evil of this day in Judah will receive God's punishment. I understand this in this passage. And that the righteous, well, they would see something different. They're going to see that God is sovereign. That God is merciful. That God is just. But I truly feel a little like Habakkuk today in this present day that we are in. And I may not understand what the timing is on God dealing. God dealing with all the sin and all the evil in this present age. We woke up this morning and we found out that there was another blast. More people. New York got hit. And we look at that and we get worried. And we're like, man, when is this stuff going to stop? Maybe never. Maybe the Lord's coming. That's when it's going to stop when he takes. I, I mean, we don't know when the evil and when he's going to deal with the evil. We don't have the timetable to that. So I do know this, though. I know that in the midst of all that, he remains sovereign. I know he remains just. I know that the God that we serve, he's still merciful. How many of you can testify of that? I do know that whatever time we are in, and whatever the darkness, or whatever the confusion, or whatever the sin may be, he has called us here at this church at New Life to declare to where our voices may be heard, listen, to go where our feet may take us, and to reach where our hands may touch. Go to the world that there is a light that shines bright still in the darkest day. That there is an answer to the hardest questions. That there is a healing for the deepest hurts. That that there is a love far greater than the strongest hate. And I know that he has woken us up here at our nest. And I know that we have written it down. And I know it's been written in obvious and big block letters. So that all who enter this place, who all come and are part of this place, when they see it, they will run elsewhere and declare it everywhere that they go. I believe that. And I believe that that's the time we're in. And I believe that he wanted us to do that. And here we are today. And we're celebrating. So on the stage, you see something called our code. And we'll walk you through that today. We're not going to necessarily teach you all of it today. But we'll start next week. And next week when you come in here, every single one of you, we want you back. And you're going to be given a a booklet. I can't give you all the insides of it. I can't show you everything. You have to come next week to get it and see what's inside. Some special stuff. But... In this booklet, it's pretty much our code booklet. And we've made spaces inside where you can write notes, verses with references where you could read and study and, and just follow along with us. And every single one of you are going to go through this so you could keep forever. And you could know where we stand and who we are as a church here at New Life. Exciting? And next week, it starts with that. Next week, we get into the first one, which is we believe. We believe the hype. Can you say that? Yeah, that was good. But say it one more time. Yeah, no, that was good. And the first we believe the hype is, is about faith in Christ in his word. And we're going to teach on that. What does it mean to believe in this hype? 
One scripture says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. You want to know why Paul says that to the church of Corinth? Because we live in a day where people's foundations are just shattered. There is no foundation. People are weary. Hey, we live in a world where people are searching for identity, huh? But we stand firm, courage, strong on guard. We believe the hype. And here, we stand firm in Christ and his word. We declare to people what Paul says in Romans, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. We're here at this church. We believe the hype. Faith in Christ and his word. Number two, it's we are not normal. Hey, anyone ever look at you and say, you're not normal? No? What happens to me all the time? It sucks. I thought I was going to have some just rare people here. Well, we're not normal. And we're, never, we're not called to. Find me one example in the word of God where you're called to be normal. You're not. You know what you're called to be? Not normal. Here it is. Ready? You're called to be remarkable. Not normal. The world is normal. Everyone's doing the normal thing. And there's no way that in this church we're going to go forward being normal. We're going to go forward being remarkable. I love that in Peter he says, man, you're chosen by God. You have the high calling. You're a high priest now, right? That's crazy stuff, man. Not normal. You've been chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments. Speaking out for him. Telling others. And I love the ending. You went from nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Amen. We're not normal. Give him praise. We're called to be remarkable from nothing to something. Number three, we get to give. Marty spoke on that a little bit, but we get to give is deeper than that. Give because you have, serve because you can, and that's what giving is all about here. We don't have to give. Man, there's people wearing black shirts, wearing lanyards. They're giving today, not because they had to give. Do you know that they got here and they're fasting and they're doing everything they can? Because they get to give. And in this church, that's our mindset from now on. That we get to do this for the kingdom of God. Hey, hey, watch this. That what we do today will be spoken about in eternity. <laughs> yeah, you can give them praise for that. That what happens here in this place is going to echo in eternity. And you're like, Did you hear that? <laughs> that was us. Someone walks in and says, well done, good and faithful servant. And we see the seal on them. And it was through the ministry that God did here. They saw that? That was God through us. We get to do this. And in Matthew 6, it teaches us to do good to please God. In all aspects that we give. That it comes from a secret place. Whether it's your money, whether it's your service from the heart. Where your true, genuine self is found. And there, there when who you, when who you really are is really real with God, man. There, the Bible says he rewards you openly. But the magic, the, the real stuff happens in the secret place. The secret place. And our leaders here are going to know that, and they do know that. And you're going to know that, and we're going to know that. That what happens outwardly is first because of the victories done in the secret. And we get to give. Shoot, I, I'm, I'm honored to tithe, and I'm, and I'm honored to serve. And we have something to give here. Our gifts, our talents that all differ from one another. But Scripture says we're one body with many members, and we fill empty spaces where one cannot. We get to give. We give. And we serve, not because we have to, but because we, yeah, we get to. The next one is we set the stage. I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Because we serve God in excellence. We set the stage. We serve God in excellence. 
The Bible says in Colossians that whatever you do, do it hardest to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. I love that. Look what it says in the message. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master. For God, confident that you'll be, get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. But being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. In our church, we believe in excellence. What does that mean? We set the stage, a platform, so that Christ could stand on it and be glorified to the people. We set the stage. Say we set the stage. I believe that you're called to that here at this church. Some of you are like, man, I've been looking for a place like that. A place where they're going to push me forward. A place where they're going to call us to excellence. A place where they're going to really reach deep inside my gifts and, and say, go do it now for the excellence of God's glory. There's a platform to be set. Can you say that? And Christ is ready to stand on it to be glorified. And the next one, as we call our church the nest, this is real funny with the wordage, but it's we leave the nest. New life here, we believe that we leave the nest. Well, what does that mean? It means that what we receive in here and what goes on in here, we don't just keep it in here and hoard it. We just don't get, we don't eat it all up and say, well, what do we do now with it? We exercise that stuff. What we receive here now, we, we go out with it, we reach out with it, we multiply with it. God did not call us to just stay here, but God called us to what? To get out and win the world with what happens here. Take it out now. In scripture, the Lord says, all authority has been given to me on heaven, on earth. So therefore you go now. He's, he's giving us the authority through him. Because what's been given to me, now you go. Because I'm telling you now, go. And you'll see how the usher, you usher in the presence of God. Do it. Reach out. Multiply. Everyone say, we leave the nest. Yeah, and ready? One of our favorite ones here is we make war. You know what that's about? That's about battling life's battles together, man. That's about getting dirty. That's about getting grimy. That's about praying and fasting and seeking and loving and standing with each other. We make war. I, I love what, what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, you bless those who persecute you. You bless and do not curse them. You rejoice with those who rejoice. You weep with those who weep. You live in harmony with one another. Not haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. We hold each other accountable here. We have what's called, what we teach here at our church and with our leadership, we have what's called deep divine fellowship. That's what we believe in here. Deep divine fellowship fellowship that our fellowship is not just this external worldly fellowship that it's deeper than that it's a divine fellowship that is found in the blood of christ deep divine fellowship i we, we read first john 1 7 it says but if we walk in the light as he's in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin you can praise god for that that we don't live amen that we don't live in falsehood or in deception, but in this deep divine fellowship with one another. And together, this fellowship in the blood of Christ, it means that there is this progressive cleansing among the brothers and sisters in Christ here. Man, that we are free from sin, that we make war. And I say, man, come on, let's battle together. So if you're looking and you're saying it and you're here, I say, welcome. Let's battle together. Let's fight together. Come on, say it with me. Let's what? We make war. Let's make war. And then the last one is, love it. Because we all need to hear this, right? You are loved. Isn't that awesome to hear that? Because the reality is, for some of you, you don't know when was the last time someone looked at you and said, I love you. I love you. 
So you might be like, well, that's the last one. So it's probably not that important. No, no, you see, you got it wrong. That's the last one because we feel it's one of the most important. And we're saving the best for last because we want you to know that you are loved. And this life of ours that we do together, it's about loving God. And in our love, in our loving God and the love that we receive from God, it's the only way possible that then we can love each other. You know why we struggle with loving in this world? Because we first have not received God's love. If we know God's love, then we could share God's love. The reason why God's love is not shared, it's because God's love, first off, is not received. So you are loved. And what that is, is love God, love people. I love Jesus, his last remark, right? One of the scribes comes up to him, trying to corner him. And, Come on, tell us what's the best commandment of all. And Jesus says, are you kidding me? The first one is, you love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, and your mind, and with your strength. That's the first one. But the greatest, the second one is just like it. You love your neighbor just as yourself. And that is, there is one other commandment that greater than all these. And, and he breaks all of this down. I love 1 John 4.18. He says, we love because he first loved us. We're called to love God, to love people. We're giving out bracelets today. Some of you are already wearing them. Man, you guys look good with those bracelets. Lift up your bracelets. So you guys that are wearing them, man, you look good. You know what those bracelets are for now? Every day of your life, you look down at your wrist and you're remembered what you've been called to do. You're called to love God. You're called to love people. Let that bracelet be a reminder forever. Carry that bracelet with you. Carry it in your heart and know what you've been called. Give them some praise. I'm going to end. And as I end now, I truly believe this, man. As God is doing something special here, I believe the verse that I share with you, he told us to write it out. He told us to write it out in big block letters so that it can re we can read it on the run. It's pointing to what's coming. And I believe here that the vision is pointing. Man, there was an ache, and maybe for some of us there still is an ache, but it's here. And we can't even imagine what the future is going to look like here. Can you imagine what the future is going to look like here? And I believe what I started off with. I believe that we don't have to pray for these things. I believe that it starts with us right here, that we are revival, that we are this move of God. That we can be it, that we are it, and we could be these people that God's called us to be for this world. I'm going to ask you if you could stand with me as we get ready to, to close off. And you examine your heart, and, and you just seek from the Lord, and you cry out to him. And you say, Lord, I, I've heard everything that is being said here today. I've, I've, I've seen everything that's been presented to me. I get that next week they're going to start going deeper into this stuff. But Lord, I know that today, maybe you're here and you're like, God, you really did speak deeply into my heart. You know who you are. You're the one that maybe the broken pieces are evident. And today you're saying, I need Jesus in my life, man. I need this Christ. This love, this joy that heals. This thing that you so much believe in here. That's for me that today I, I want to make this proclamation and I want to declare it and, and I don't want you to hold back and I don't want you to fear and I don't want you to think about who's around you and what's next to you and what's be, who's behind you and what do you have to do next right now just get caught up in this moment and today God has whispered in your heart welcome, welcome home my presence is home you are a revival because 
because I'm here. I do a work in you today. Today you're like, I've, I've never, I've never received this Jesus. I've never even given him a chance, whatever that means. Today you're saying, well, I want to, man. With every eye closed, you don't have to worry about people looking around. You don't have to even worry about coming up here right now. Don't worry about that person around you. If that's you today and you know that God spoke to you and you need Jesus in your life and you've never said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my present. I just want to go into the future with you, Lord. Come into my heart, Lord. Forgive me. Wash me. If that's you today with every eye closed, don't don't worry about anything. But if that's you today, right there where you're standing, can you raise your hand and can you say, I want to make that decision today? hands anyone else amen amen anyone else I want to make that decision don't be ashamed don't fear like what are you guys gonna do if I'm raise my hand don't worry about it if you know that you need Jesus today anyone else in here says I need him to shatter my broken pieces man I need it if you raise your hand I want you to believe this prayer right there where you're at silently or vocally just say this with me say Jesus church help them Forgive me of my sins. You are Lord and Savior. And be Lord Savior of my heart, of my mind, and of my soul. I accept you and receive you. Change me. Transform me to live a life in Christ. Free from sin and in righteousness in holiness in Jesus name Amen let's praise the